I definitely have a love for thoroughbreds for X racehorses. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, every big event that I won was always on an X racehorse. Wow. So I think that there's definitely um, uh, a storyline there. And so I would have to think about that, about what X racehorses have been very successful. And so I would still go back to saying that the what one of the favorite horses that I ever rode was Sassy Reason who won Burley because he was an off the track thoroughbred that wasn't fast enough. And other than the Olympics in Barcelona, he won every single three day event that he ever finished. Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans by eventing fans. Hey, Rob, guess who I heard is going to be at the Pennsylvania Horse Expo? The Horse World Expo? Who could it be? Redding Goat. Redding Goat. That's right. Our friends from Redding Goat are going to be there. Yeah. Yes, they are. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And we're going to go and we're going to go visit them. I can't wait to visit them. You know, we've never actually met those crazy girls in person. Have no, we? we haven't. They haven't met me either. <laughs> they might re- I'm about to be on my best behavior today. <laughs> yes, like, you do. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right. That reminds me. I need to behave myself. Use my inside voice. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> so, but I can't wait to get there and see these girls mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and get to hang out their booth for a little bit. So, if you're at the Horse World Expo mm-hmm. in Harrisburg, PA... Get your fannies over to the Red and Goat Equestrian booth. Yeah, come so, check it out. Yeah, you might see us there. You'll definitely see Allison and Connie mm-hmm. and uh, get there. But let's say you can't. Yeah. You just go on RedandGoatEquestrian.com, Karen. Right. Punch in MLE40 at checkout. And save $40. Save 40 bucks, Or check out the show notes. We're going to have a link in the show notes, which will take you right to the Major League Eventing landing page, which is very cool, Karen. Very cool. Page. It is very cool. There's a very special rider on our landing page. Former guest, also a Red and Good sponsored rider. Yes. But we're going to keep that on the quiet. L A are the initials. Mm-hmm. Very popular rider. Mm-hmm. Very, so, just a little. Very, not really. <laughs> Big time rider. So, all right, guys. Thanks again, Red and Good Question, for sponsoring our podcast and hooking Karen up with some cool, warm, warm weather stuff warm stuff for the cold weather yes thanks a lot and we will see you at the horse board expo be there bam hey carol we just got a facebook review oh nice isn't that pretty cool yeah so what do we got there let's see it is from ashley b she says absolutely incredible podcast a must listen for any eventing enthusiast oh that's awesome thank you so much and she gave us what five stars too. Is there is there stars on Facebook? Um, I think there's stars. But hey, thank hey. you so much. <laughs> we really appreciate <laughs> it. Hey, thank you so much for that. That was yeah. Thank you, Ashley. That's really awesome. And uh, the, the, this these reviews, Karen, mean so much to us. They sure do. So we really appreciate it. And uh, the time that the, the fact that you guys would take the time to to write a review um it's just wonderful so thank you so much and and we uh we're happy to 
happy to, happy to be doing this podcast for you. Yeah, thank you. I'm Karen. And I'm Rob. And Karen, I say this all the time, but I, I and I mean it all the time, but we have a super special guest with us. We have um, a top, top inventor that's been around the world, has been there, done that, done everything, been on every team possible, TV star, host of his own TV show. Uh, welcome to the show, Stephen Bradley. Yeah, welcome. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Well, that was quite an introduction. Thank you very much. Man, I tell you, you are. I feel uh, like I've, I've got big shoes to fill now. Yeah. <laughs> You're a legend, buddy. You're a legend. Uh, you know, the, the, the coolest. Well, I don't want to jump ahead. I always want to jump you ahead. Always do. Yeah, you always do. So we're, um, we have so much to talk about. Let's, um, let's just kind of, uh, you know. Oh, I always, Stephen, I always mess up and I always get so excited. I start jumping ahead. So today I'm going to be good, Karen. <laughs> and I'm just going to go right to just start off with the simple question. Hey, Stephen, where are you talking to us from right now? I am actually down in Ocala, Florida. Oh. I am based normally in most of the year in Virginia, but I do come down for January, February, and March to Ocala. So I'm going through it's it's very warm right here but i'm going through a little bit of feeling guilty for everybody back at home because it's being a rough winter right now oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. ocala sounds really nice karen yeah. ocala's really coming it along is. too they're they're really building that up i mean the how long have you been going down there in the winters yeah i have been coming down to ocala for probably about 15 years. I, I, I used, I broke it up in the middle and for three or four or five years, I went to Aiken, but then I started coming back to Ocala and it really is growing like every year in the, in the horse community and every aspect of the community. It's, it's a huge racing area right from the get go and from the beginning, but whether it's with the eventing or with the show jumping with um, the dressage, that every avenue of the horse industry is growing down here, and it, it, it's wonderful to have access to this. Well, that's amazing. Did you are you seeing over the fifteen years like it really like growing a lot? Big time, absolutely <laughs> yes. They, you know, even to see there is a series of horse shows for now ten weeks in a row. It used to be eight weeks in a row mm-hmm. called Hits, mm-hmm. and. They have changed venues uh, probably six or seven years ago. And just to see the growth in that show alone and the series of the shows is incredible. But within our sport, with the eventing, it has gone from nothing locally, only a couple things an uh, hour or two away, to something every other weekend that we can do within an hour or so of Ocala proper. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love to see. I love to see that that's that's growing. Aiken's growing too. So I mean, like nothing's going away. This is it just, sure is. It's just absolutely, sport. and that's what we need for our sport to grow. We need mm-hmm. we need these we need these areas to start providing more and more, and we're going to start getting it. So I'm I think there's some awesome future for eventing in on, on the country. And that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely agree. <laughs> so, Stephen, one question we love to ask is um, we love to hear how you actually got started in riding and then eventually eventing. 
Um, well, <laughs> that is, it's almost the same story together. Um, when my sister and I were born down south, and we were born in Atlanta, Georgia, and moved from Georgia to Mississippi to Alabama. And eventually, when I was still in elementary school, about to start middle school, moved out to Virginia. And so when we were down south, we always lived in subdivisions. And, you know, we always had dogs. We always had something like that. But my parents had both grown up on farms and had animals around them all the time. And when we moved up to Virginia, they decided it was time that we moved to a small farm. And we got chickens and cows and horses. And we joined this thing called 4-H and did that. And funny enough, it was my sister who wanted to get a horse. And I followed suit and uh, just obviously fell in love with them and um, just to this day have, have just stuck with them. Uh, when we first started and we started in this thing called 4-H, we had the chickens and we went to the 4-H fair and we had cows and we took them to the fair and we had horses and we took them to the fair. And the very first year at my very first show, the powers that be, and I'm not sure who that was, saw me warming up in the warm-up area before I went in to do, it was a hunter show, uh, my first hunter class. Um, they asked me not to go in the ring and to go home and take lessons and oh. study and oh. come back oh. the next oh. year. Oh, <laughs> oh, man. Honest, honest, true story. Wow. <laughs> uh, but ironically enough, at the same time, a friend of mine in school was in this thing called uh, Pony Club. And she said, you know, you should think about joining Pony Club because it's geared toward eventing. And, you know, it just teaches you a lot about horses and horse management and stuff like that. And I was like, that sounds great. And at that time, the DC of our pony club was, in my mind, a legend. He rode in the cavalry, Colonel Paul Weimert. Wow. And he lived just a handful of miles from where we lived. And he took me under his wing and got me started. And, you know, to the point where starting out, we didn't have a truck or trailer or anything like that. So he would, if he wanted me to jump jumps or wanted to do work in a dressage ring, he would come pick me up and take my horse and me to his farm, give me a lesson and take me back wow. to my farm, to our house. And so, you know, I was, I've said a number of times that I think that it's a lot about like in life, um, how we, you know, come across situations and we make decisions. I feel very, very lucky in my early career, whether it was at that first horse show or riding with Colonel Weimert or at one of the pony club camps that summer, one of our instructors one summer was Torrance Watkins. And that was how I got started riding with her as well. I've been very, very lucky. I call it to be in the right place at the right time. I'm not sure if that's the right way to call it, but I really have been in the right place at the right time a number of times. Wow. wow. Holy smokes. 
That you know, that's crazy to think that you know. Here you are today, <laughs> you know, Pan Am gold medalist, Burley winner. Uh, you know, <laughs> to be turned away. You know, and there are so many people listening, and so many young kids that you know could probably relate to having someone tell them, "Oh, you can't ride," or they had such a bad showing; it was just an embarrassment. And then to see where you are today is just like. That young person listening at home, Karen, is can say, hey, Stephen Bradley can, you know, he wasn't born a great eventer, you know? Right. Gosh, thank you for sharing that. That's- <laughs> well, it's very true. And, um, you know, it just, it comes down to how badly you want something. Your okay. your determination and your work ethic. And I, I still tell everybody that, you know, you never say never. That's a big thing that I say in my teaching and when I help people. And I don't try to give um, false confidence, but I do try to put that into people's minds and thinking about, you know, what they want to do next and what their goals are and putting that into the plan. Wow. Well, you know, I think that also uh, you're, you're, you're a wonderful teacher and clinician and everything. And we'll kind of get into that a little bit more, but you know, you, you've had that terrible experience where you had a, you weren't good and you had to get good. I mean, some people are just kind of naturals and they, they, they get it right away or, you know, wherever they had good coaching right at the get go. But the, do you find that that kind of helps you be a little more empathetic to that kid who just, you know, you don't just write them off so quick just because that first couple lessons, they're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, absolutely. You know, because I can empathize. And the, the biggest thing that I am out for when I go to teach somebody or somebody comes to me for help, or I go to these clinics and stuff, is just that people want somebody the people want to learn, that they want to accept ideas and know that not everything is going to work for them, but they are open to suggestions, open to try and change things. And you just need to want to learn and get better because I'm very much, especially in the beginning, a learned writer. Um, I think I did, as I developed, had some natural tendencies that I didn't know, but I really have to instill to this day, have to work at things and have to read things. And um, it's not all completely natural to me. Yeah. That's awesome. So man, that's, that's That's really cool. That is really cool. So as you kind of started getting older, when did you start getting serious? And then, um, you know, like at what age did you start kind of really starting to get after it and kind of get good and everything? And then where did your career kind of go? Like what did did you do work in students and, and positions and things like that? Well, when I was in high school, I was fortunate enough to get to be a working student for Torrance Watkins during the summers and then rode with her during the school year when I, and I remember there were some mornings, especially when I was a senior in high school and could write my own dismissals or excuses for not being at school, I'd have like a seriously a 5 a.m. lesson with her or as early as the sun came up and I'd miss my first two classes and then get to class and and, uh, get in at whatever part of the morning schedule that I could. And, uh, you know, she was amazing to me that way. And 
um, really worked with me that way and, and helped it. It was immense. And so that was the beginning of getting to get serious about it. Then I was fortunate enough my senior year of high school to make the young rider area two young rider team. And that year was, it was competing out in Alberta, Canada. Wow. So I, I got to do that. My parents let me do that. And my parents were always a big on you will go to college. And I am still that way with my kids that I teach. I'm a big proponent of going to college and not, you know, depending on horses as a livelihood per se. So I <laughs> talked my parents into letting me defer six months because in order to do young riders and go out to Alberta, it was going to overlap with starting school at Bridgewater College, which where I'd been accepted. And um, as far as my parents were concerned at the time, that was the beginning of the end. <laughs> <laughs> the deferment. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, so I mean, again, I was very fortunate because Bruce Davidson was the coach for area two that year. And that was my first introduction to him and riding with him. And then things slowly moved forward from there. Wow. So how old were you when you went to go work for Bruce? I was, I was 84. So I was, I'm trying to do the math. Um, I was, 24. 24. Because I did start school. I did start college. Oh, okay. No, 22. I'm sorry, 22. Um, I did start college. I did a couple years of it. Um, I rode racehorses in early in the mornings and went to school and eventually started waiting tables at night as well because that was the one provision that I had with my parents. They were willing to, you know, let me stay at home and keep the horses at home, but I had to support the horses myself and I had to go to college. Wow. So I was doing that and that was how I made it happen. And so that's where everything got started. Wow. I mean, look, I mean, that's, that's dedication right there. There's mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, sometimes you hear people and they <laughs> say, well, I can't, I can't keep my horse and go. And it's like, well, some people can make it happen. And I think a lot of times it just in anything, I think it's a lot of it is like how much, uh, how much you want it, how much you want it and how much TV time are you willing to give up for <laughs> how much extra time right. in bed? How many <laughs> Saturday mornings sleeping in are you right. willing to, to have, you know? Um, right. Are you willing it, it, to, exactly. Yeah. Are, are, you know, what, what mm -hmm. are you willing to do? So that's, that's amazing. Did you finish college? I did not. I got, um, probably two years in. And that was when I had the opportunity to go work for Bruce Davidson. Okay. And I jumped, I jumped at it when he offered me a position up there. Uh, that was such a, and it was an honor, but it was such a, I knew a big part of my education that I couldn't say no. Yeah. And um, I did, much to my parents' dismay at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, we, I, I, I did. And that was when I was, I 
moved out and moved up to Bruce's and started working for him. Wow. And Bruce in the eighties, I mean, he was prime. I mean, prime Bruce. Right. Era. Absolutely. Holy you know, back to back world champions or champion in 72 and then 78. And, um, he rode, it was nothing for him to ride when we had the full format three day events to ride four horses and be in the top 10 on all four at Kentucky and things like that. Yeah. He was, he was really in his prime at that point. Amazing. Amazing. And Mm -hmm. how long did you stay working for Bruce? I was at Bruce's from 84 to 19, the spring of 1990. So six years. Wow. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yes. Wow. And I mean, so Bruce is, we, we, you know, we've been to Chesterland and actually Karen, you got a couple of lessons with yeah, Bruce once, yeah. once upon a time. Um, I mean, gosh, what, what was that like? I mean, that experience was that, I mean, did you like kind of start the bottom and then work your way up? Like, did you become like a, like a rider for him or how did, how does that work? Well, I wouldn't say I was a rider for him. You know, I had a good work ethic and I think he had seen that when I was there with the young rider program and that I kept coming up for lessons and he, you know, brought me in on ground level, but working for him. And so a large part of what I did was just mucking stalls and tacking up horses and untacking horses for him and his wife, Carol, at the time. And, uh, you know, I would get to, you know, do riding and he had a quite a, and he still does have quite a breeding program. And so I would get to help start the babies and do that. And because I had galloped horses for the Firestones when they were in Waterford and then at Hickory tree for the Abel Smiths, I had a fair comfort level with the young horses and with the babies. And I think that helped out as well. So that was where it all started. And I continued on that I groomed for him for all those years. And the first time I went to Burley was the year that he was second with JJ Babu and I was grooming for him there. And then I slowly was, he was allowing me to ride more horses and start to compete some horses and compete horses at the intermediate and ultimately the advanced level. Wow. And he, you know, opened all those doors and made all those things possible for me. Wow. That's awesome, Karen. Yeah, it sure is. Wow. Is that, yeah. now, did you, did you go from working for him and then kind of stepped out on your own? Is that, is that when you actually started your business? Right. Exactly. So in the spring of 1990, I started my own business and I was still questioning whether I could really make a go of it. And as part of after I left Bruce's working for him, one of the things that I did was made sure that I could continue working with Bruce and riding with Bruce and getting his help and being able to ask him questions and ask him how to deal with things and situations and such. And so that was very, very important to me. And I was very lucky to be able to continue doing that. Wow. You know, it's interesting. You say that, and I'm, I'm just doing the math in my head, Karen. Mm-hmm. Here, I'm going to be honest. I'm writing it down. I'm, I'm doing it on my fingers and toes here. But, so you were 22 when you went to Bruce's. You did six years there. 
So we're talking 28 years old, you're, you're stepping out on your own and you still don't know if you're a hundred percent ready for that. It's just amazing to me, Karen, that, you know, and, and there are some people out there who do six months or a year working student mm-hmm. stint somewhere and then they're setting out their shingle. It's, um, you, you're the opposite. You really, you really, uh, recognize how much work and knowledge you have to have to be successful and you hung in there. That's amazing. That's probably a tribute to why you're so right. went on to have such success because you understood you had much to learn still. I think that that's the beauty of horses that you you never stop learning, and the day that you do stop learning is the day you need to stop riding horses. Um, it is is an ongoing thing. It's a you know a very we're very lucky and very special part of our lives that we get to do. But it is important that you do understand that you keep learning and you never think that, you know, you have all the information that you need to have. There are always, I always go back to the horsemen from the generation from before us to our fellow competitors that we can always learn from. And that's one of the big things that I stress with my riders and the people who come work for me is that you never stop learning. That's, that's crucial. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Amen to that for sure. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So now you go out on your own and then, I mean, obviously your success, you know, from 28 years old till now, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, uh, I mean, I could probably, I I could keep you on the, for three hours doing an interview, but I don't want to do that. That's what Karen will start beating me up. But so, uh, just to hit the highlights, I mean, you've pretty much done everything, but, um, Burley, I mean, you won Burley. Um, what was that like? I mean, being only, you're, you're still only the second American to ever win Burley. Is that correct? That is correct. And funny enough, the only other American to win Burley was Bruce. And he won it in 74 when it was the world championships as well. And so it's that, you know, that's kind of neat and um, means a lot. That's, that's a very special thing for me. And the first, like I said, the first time I went to Burley, I groomed for Bruce and the, Next time I went to Burley was when I went to ride there for the first time and I won. And I've, I've always said this, that, you know, when you're younger and in a lot of aspects of life, and it certainly applied to me there, ignorance is bliss. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I knew it was a big deal. I knew it was a huge thing. I knew it was very important. I was, I had a very, very special horse that I was riding and we had an unbelievable partnership and um, Bruce was there and, and he was competing and he helped me all the way through and so, and he knew what it took to make me be a good competitor and he really helped me that way. Wow. And so it was just the most unbelievable thing still to this day, one of the biggest points of my life. Wow. That is amazing. That is really. I love that story. And the fact <laughs> that Bruce was there riding, you were competing against your mentor and he was coaching you. And then you yeah. beat his butt. And, I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm just joking. I, I even feel funny just joking around about, you know, anything about Bruce. I, I hold Bruce in such high, you know, regard. But, oh, man. And then you got a Pam gold medal. I mean, 
I don't know what's, mm-hmm. I don't know what's bigger. It's, it's crazy. You've been around Kentucky and I mean, you were a TV host for gosh darn sake. How did you become a TV? <laughs> how did you get a TV show? I got to know. Well, funny enough, my sister, Stephanie was a television producer and she did a lot of work with the discovery channel and so, and with NBC and I can't remember exactly how it all came to fruition, but she knew somebody who wanted to get something like that show that we had started and she got me into it and I enjoyed it. And evidently I was somewhat good at it. So (laughs) they let me keep doing it for a while. (laughs) We need more of that. We need more, more shows like that on TV. I mean, we don't have enough, just really, I I don't know. And there's, there's enough, uh, they had the McClay show one mm-hmm. years ago too. Yeah, the horsepower. I just, yep. I don't know. I think that, uh, I think horse people are interesting, but maybe that's just me, right? And the oh, horse, <laughs> horses in general. PBS just mm-hmm. did a nice thing on, yeah. on horses too, not so long ago. I think they should do horsepower again, but with eventers. Yes, I definitely. think that would be eventers horsepower. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah. Get your sister Eventing on this. is. Is not one of the more popular sports in this country, and you know, and I understand why. But so it makes it hard to to get pull in from the outside communities to find out and understand it, and understand why it's interesting, and to watch it. Um, but we we do have a good time. Heck <laughs> yeah, heck yeah. Well, that's the major league eventing whole reason we're here is to grow this sport. So that's the major league eventing mm-hmm. whole sole purpose for being right, Karen. Yep. So uh, that's we are wonderful. Gonna, we're going to grow this sport. We're doubling it in. I'm saying it. We're doubling the sport in 10 years, Karen. In 10 years. That's, okay. that's the goal. Double Write it, it in 10 years, <laughs> double it again, again in another five. So okay. boom, it's on international podcast. It's there happening. you go. It's happening. Once it's, it's out there, there's no taking it back, Stephen. You know that, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so I don't want to. I don't want to. I mean, we could be literally hours talking about all your accomplishments in the past. But what's you know, uh, what would, just real quick, what would be the highlight of your career to date? Just so we kind of get that. I, I need to know what what you feel is your highlight of your career, writing wise. You know, I have been so lucky to ride a number of different horses and to compete at the biggest events in the world. Part of me still is a big part was winning Burley, probably the biggest part for me, because it was such a big deal and such a huge deal. And my first four star and... Um, I had great help and just all the stars aligned at that point. And after Burley, it was a very important thing for me because I've never had a big business as far as having a lot of horses to compete. The number has gone up and down a little bit, but I've, I've never had the numbers. I've just had a few horses and moved a couple of horses at a time up to the upper levels. And it was very important to me, I think to partly to prove to myself that I could bring other horses along up to the upper levels successfully, which I did, you know, having won Kentucky and having won Foxhall and um, 
the big three-day events that we have in this country. And, you know, I still do that and I'm working on that. But that big win at Burley with that very special horse, Sassy Reason, was kind of the beginning of the whole thing. And I would have to say that's my my big thing that I would fall back to. That's all. I mean, hey, (laughs) I think for I think for most anybody, that would be the highlight. That's uh, that's just incredible. That's that's incredible. Oh my goodness! I can't. How old were you when you won? I'm sorry. I think I think a big part of it really comes down to I didn't know what I didn't know, and that's what makes it so special. Because (laughs) that just means that horse sassy reason with that was that was much more special. Hey, whatever, however you get there, you make any excuse you want. You, <laughs> that's that's a man. What an incredible story! Mm-hmm. But I could talk about that all day, Karen. We got to move on with the show. We must move on with the show. So, where that brings <laughs> us up to today, what's uh, what's the current business like? What what do you got going there? I, I know you're you're. I see all the time all the clinics that you're doing. Are you? Wh- how do you have time to still ride and compete? Well, it's a real balancing act, and it's not as easy as people would think because I do love to teach, and I do travel quite a bit teaching, but I still have competition horses, and I still am very interested in competing. And while it's been a few years since I haven't had a horse at the upper level, I would love to have a horse at the upper level again. So it's a constant balancing act between the two, because obviously the next stage of my life is going to be the teaching and I enjoy it. And so it is something that is important to me. It's something that I continually learn about, learn from and learn to do. But I still am very active competing and still want to have another upper level horse one more time. Mm. Heck yeah. That'd be awesome. Do you think you'd, you'd try to get on a team again? You know what? If, 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 like I said, I never say never, (laughs) (laughs) you know, in the scheme of things, realistically, the sport has grown and grows so much every year. And I have not had an advanced horse for probably seven or eight years and the sport has really moved on and it would take, will take a very special partnership and horse that I think I can do again to get to the advanced level. But whether that means that I would be fortunate enough to represent my country or not, I don't know. I would love to think that that opportunity would arise and would be an option or a possibility. Like I said, I just never say never. Heck yeah. That's what I'm talking about. So, Get it. So are you spending most of your time, like, uh, do you, I'm guessing, do you have a lot of students at home as well as all your clinics that you go to or? I, I do have a fair number of students at home. Um, I teach every day and I don't have a long day per se teaching a lot of people, but I keep a very regular active schedule of people shipping in for lessons and so that in addition to the clinics is is my teaching and how about working students do you have working students come work for you ever i do i always have a couple of working students going on and 
a lot of times my my one thing that I always ask them, I ask for a commitment for a minimum of six months to a year. And a number of times it has been the deciding factor when they finish with me. And I'm not sure what it says about me, but they say (laughs) they realize they don't want to do horses for a living. They want to go to college. (laughs) I think that's, that's, that is such a key. I think, I think that I do, you know, I, I do think that it is important for the kids coming out of school to realize horses are a lot of work. They're hard work. They take long hours. They take dedication. Your heart's got to be in it and you've got to be in it for the long haul. Um, otherwise trying to make a business of it isn't going to happen and isn't going to work. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And I, that is a big part of my working student program. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, you know, we, we've been around a mm-hmm. while now, you know, and, and we understand that there's, um, you know, our son, he's works for in a top, top program. And we see the, you know, those show days are the hardest days of work. You know, the right, the late nights getting the horses prepped and braided up, the, the early morning shipping out, the, the long day showing yeah. and all the tack changes all day. And then the shipping home. And then a lot mm-hmm. of times unpacking, unpacking, and then, and then maybe going back out the next braiding day. up the next set of horses <laughs> the next night till 10, right. 11, 12 at night, and then shipping out at two, three in the morning. So it's, right. uh, you got to have it. You have got to have the, the stomach for that type of work. And, uh, you know. It's true. And you really do. It's funny because I, when I was working for Bruce back in the late seventies, no, that was, he, I worked for Bruce in the eighties from, like I said, 84 forward. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I did was from time to time, I would babysit Bruce and Carol's kids, Buck and Nancy. (laughs) And so now everybody has, has come full circle and I'm actually based at Buck's farm here in Ocala during the winter time. And I think about that and I see the kids who are coming through his program being working students. And part of it is I see the hours that they put in and the, you know, with the competition and the numbers of horses with them competing and Buck competing. Mm -hmm. And I think, how did I do that? I don't know how I did that when I was that, when I was younger. Well, I'm sure working for Bruce Senior was well, just a, a, a just a walk in the park, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> very very empathetic. I, I imagine Bruce being very empathetic. <laughs> uh, but it's it's so fun, you know, now to with Buck and his wife Andrea having a daughter. And, you know, she's with her first pony now. And Mm -hmm. to me, just to sit back and watch Buck's program and the kids coming up through it. And, you know, you've got to, you've got to do it because you love it. And that's the bottom line. That is awesome. Mm. That is awesome. Awesome. Um, And you're, so one of your clinics that you're doing, Karen, we're super excited. Yes, because we're going. We're going. You're, Mm -hmm. you are leaving the nice, cushy, Ocala, sandy, soft footing and you're coming up to some sloppy (laughs) frozen it's either going to be sloppy or Uh, frozen or frozen in pennsylvania at the horse road (laughs) (laughs) you sure you (laughs) and gray and everything's dead (laughs) so we're this is uh coming out on wednesday and and the horse expo is going to come out it's going to be in just at the end of the month the 28th it starts and you're going to be there uh 
You're going to be doing double duty. You're doing a clinic at the Gumon Farm, and you're going to be at the Horse World Expo doing clinics. Is that right? I am, as a matter of fact, yes. And while I am going to have a lot of really warm clothes and layers with me, <laughs> I'm kind of counting on at the expo I'm going to be inside and not have to wear all the clothes that I'm bringing out. You're definitely going to be inside. <laughs> but, you know, th- there again, it is whether it is partly teaching the clinic at their farm or doing the clinic at the expo, to me, I love to teach. And the number one thing that I ask is that, that I'm interested in is that people want to learn and that they want to be educated and they're open-minded to trying different things. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Do you, do you find, so like, I'm looking forward to it. When you go back to different Clint, when you go back to place after place, do you see a lot of the same faces, you know, we you know when you return I, back. I do. And for me, that is a really, really fun part of it because I get to see the growth and I get to see what I call people who have done their homework. Mm -hmm. And um, I, as I get to work with them more and see them more, I, that's something that I come back to. I was like, you did your homework. This is really good. (laughs) Now this is where we need to go from here. And that's a big part of it for me. I love going back to the same place, even if it's just once or twice a year. It is very interesting and very educational for me as an instructor, too, to get to see people and help them figure out the next set of homework that they have from the previous set of homework that we've been working on. That's awesome. That is, I think that's fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, we will definitely be there. Yes, You're definitely going to be inside. I looked at your schedule. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> have you have you ever been there before to that area? I I don't believe I have. Uh, I think this is my first time there. Yeah, it's, the it's expo. Nice. It's, it's you're, you're going to be in. I think it's a little seminar hall, which is just like a. I looked at your schedule and. You're going to be in like a little seminar area in the main hall, and then you're going to be in the big, large arena. So you're going to have plenty of room to do whatever exercises you're doing. So it's a it's a very big arena. Yeah, it's so really nice there. It's awesome. That's, yeah, I, I uh, that's what I hear, and I'm very much looking forward to it. And I think we have a really good group of riders to work with, and I'm very excited to get to, to work with everybody and to try and educate other people, the public, and other other different aspects of riding about what we do and what we work on. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Um, so, Stephen, we have a, a segment where we'd like to have a little bit of fun. A little bit of fun. A little bit of fun. It's called Quick Fire Questions. <laughs> Quick Fire Questions. It's just five, oh. <laughs> five silly questions just to try to get to know you a little bit better. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Sometimes they're tough. I, listen, she put she brings it up like it's all tough. nice and simple and fun, but they're, she, they're tricky. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> do you have any hobbies outside of riding? I do actually. I love to cook, awesome. and one of the things one of the things I'm doing down here in uh, this is the second year I've done it down in Ocala is I sous chef for another trainer who has a big. <clears throat> excuse me, dinner party for the trainers that hit. And he and his brother have had restaurants all over the U S 
And so I'm very fortunate that I get to go and just help prep and help, uh, you know, put the meals together um, because I love to cook. And it has been a huge part of my cooking education to get to do that in the last two years. That's awesome. Wow, that is really cool. Awesome. <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> 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 All right. I did have a different question, but I just changed it up because Jeez. I think we already know the answer right. to the Let's one. Hear it. Let's hear it. Um, but the new question is, so what? what's your favorite thing to eat? Anything and everything. <laughs> I, I am serious. And I, I tell you this, and this is the honest truth. When I was growing up, my father called me garbage gut. And it was simply because I would eat anything and everything. <laughs> I just love to eat. Oh, you and me would get along pretty good, Stephen. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't have a big sweet tooth, so I, uh, I, will, I will say that. But, you know, if you put some really good dessert in front of me, I won't say no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you could ride any horse, past, present, future, or fiction. Future? Yeah, future. Well, there could be a young one coming up that you might want to. Um, or fiction. Who would it be? Fiction. That's yeah. a good question. That's yeah, good. Oh, my gosh. That is huge. You know, I'm not sure that I could pick out one horse. You know, it would, I would, I think of, Horse, a horse like Irish Cap that Bruce won mm. his first world championships on. I think of like a Mr. Medicott that Karen rode very successfully that came over for years. Um, that's a really good question. But I think that I'm trying to think on my feet and I can't think that quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. I definitely have a love for thoroughbreds for ex racehorses okay. and i you know every big event that i won was always on an ex racehorse wow so i think that there's definitely um uh, a storyline there and so i would have to think about that about what ex racehorses have been very successful and so i would still go back to saying that the one one of the favorite horses that I ever rode was Sassy Reason, who won Burley because he was an off the track thoroughbred <sighs> that wasn't fast enough. And other than the Olympics in Barcelona, he won every single three day event that he ever finished. Wow! And um, I don't think there's too many horses that can say that. And so I would, I you know, I don't know if that's the right the the right way to go with this question but i would say if i could ride him again i would do that that's yeah, awesome yeah, i think yeah. that's a great answer absolutely <laughs> that, and that was before off the track thoroughbreds were like cool right i mean that was now it's kind absolutely. of absolutely and there's a real you know a real rebirth into finding them jobs and they are great in our sport and um i think that that is a big promising avenue for them and i hope that people continue using them. I have a very exciting young off the track stallion that Mrs. Mimi Abelsmith owns that I ride for. And he won over three quarters of a million dollars on the track. And his owner, Deanna Perkins decided that he had done enough racing and she wanted to retire him because he was sound and wanted to, let him retire that way. And she and Mrs. Abel Smith were 
roommates at Foxcroft when they were at Foxcroft in high school together. And so that's how, long story short, we ended up with the stallion. And he is still learning to do circles and to bend and to be able to pick up the right lead. (laughs) But he is uh, the first stallion I've ever had. And he has a great mind. He's a beautiful mover, beautiful jumper. And I just can't wait to see what he's going to do. Oh, us too. That's awesome. What's his name again? (laughs) What's his name? His name is Kasaki. 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 All right. Keep an eye out for that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Do you have any good luck or superstition routines before an event? Oh, gosh. Where do I start? (laughs) (laughs) um i will i will try to keep it short okay i never wear anything new and one of the things that colonel weimert taught me that i still to this day do is i always put my left boot on first and i always put my left spur on first there you go and people can tell when i'm nervous because when i'm nervous i polish my boots nonstop <laughs> and I go back and I repolish them and that's how I deal with my nerves the shinier the boots the yeah. more you Steven yeah. is <laughs> that's when you come out and you're blinded look out Steven's nervous uh, the sad part is they never get that shiny I don't know what I'm doing wrong <laughs> that's you just go through a lot of polish right <laughs> that's right <laughs> so funny all right uh, last question last question if you were not a rider what would you be? Ooh, good question. You know, I think that I actually would be a chef. Um, I don't know that I would want to own my own restaurant, but I would, because I know that I'd hear that that is as hard of work, if not harder work than yeah. having a, an equestrian business. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but um, like I said, it's, it's something else that I love to do and I, I can't get enough of it. That's so awesome. I think, that was a pretty easy question for me. That That's good, great. Good. That's a great answer. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> they weren't too hard. I try to build it up. Sometimes they're harder. She took it easy on yeah. you this time. Steve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Steven, do you have any advice for a young rider wanting to make it in the sport? You know, my biggest piece of advice to them is to always be open to learning and to know that you are never going to stop burning when you're involved with horses, especially in our sport. The, I think, even more important piece of advice I would give them is that you have to be in it for the long haul. You've got to be in it because you love the horses. You love what you do. There are going to be ups. There are going to be downs, usually many more downs. And you just have to be ready to pick yourself up and to figure out what you could have done differently if there's anything that you could have done differently to prevent that from happening again. And you have to learn from it. To me, it's just like life. Um, You're going to make mistakes and you have to learn from your mistakes. And that's, that's the bottom line. That's brilliant. Very good advice. You know, Karen, if I rode horses, Mm -hmm. Stephen, I, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm huge. I can't find a horse to fit me. But if I rode horses, <laughs> Stephen Bradley's who I'd want to take lessons with. Yeah. Yeah. 
I just uh, I like that's, Stephen's way. That's very nice. I, that means a lot. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I am, I am very. I'm the first to admit, and I tell this to people when I teach and when I am doing clinics. Um, I'm very old school. I, I try, I'm trying to keep up with the times and keep up with the sport, and I still take a lot of lessons myself. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm still a little bit old fashioned and old school. Yeah, but that's the foundation. That's yeah, that's, that's where everything yeah. today's come from. Like, I, I think right. that's awesome. I'm old school yeah, too. I totally, I, totally <laughs> I don't like agree. change, so that's why. Maybe that's what it is. I like. The <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I've heard many, many people say that you're a fantastic instructor. So maybe that's that's my weight on me a little bit too, Karen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Plus, it doesn't sound like he would yell at me too hard. And I have very sensitive feelings. I'm very sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> so, Stephen, we're, you know, we, we, we like to, um, we'll start winding the, you know, the interview down. We don't mean to keep you too, too late on your, in your evening, but, um, we, as we, we always try to wind down and, um, we always try to recognize your sponsors and anyone that supports you or sponsors along the way. Um, would you like to highlight anyone that's, uh, kind of helps Stephen, Stephen Bradley along? Oh. Oh boy, you know the old saying that it takes a village is more than true than people know. It it, it is huge. Um, I have such a huge a good support system behind me, and the number one supporter that I have is my partner Peter Foley, and he is there through all the ups and downs and has to deal with me through <laughs> all the good and the bad and the indifferent and. We've been together 20 years, and he still keeps coming home every night. I'm not sure <laughs> God why. bless you. God bless you. Does he ride? Uh, he does. He has a business with hunters and jumpers and has a very good um, close-knit group of people that ride and train with him. And they are here in Ocala as well, showing and training. And um we all are, you know, very good friends, very close. Nice. That's awesome. I think you might be the first person that's ever recognized their significant other coming mm-hmm. on the show. I think so. I, don't think so. I, think so. <laughs> I think Courtney Cooper mentioned her husband, yeah. but only that he doesn't have a dishwasher in the house. It was yeah, almost in true. passing, right? It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't an actual shout out. So. <laughs> Stephen, <laughs> you're uh, the first. <laughs> but, you know, I, I also, I have a wonderful crew of there's a really good friend, Melissa Hunsberger, that is my right arm and probably most of my left arm as well, that <laughs> rides all the horses when I'm gone and oversees the kids. And I get her to watch me and give me comments and stuff. And she is back at the farm with two really, really good young riders that are, again, working students. And they are holding the fort down for me. Uh, Chase Watson and Anastasia Belzilko, and they, you know, I can't do it without them. And on top of that, I brought the gal Erica Schlick that works for me down here. And, you know, without that core group of people, you're nothing. You know, you're only as strong as those people are around you. That's awesome. I am also, you know, really, really fortunate to have developed a relationship with Neutrina that we feed our horses and keep our horses very healthy and looking as good as they do. Um, with Cordiflex and their supplements that they put out that keep our horses really, really healthy. 
um, I ride in Voltaire saddles and they are hugely responsible for my success and they are all over the map with all different aspects of riding and supporting and helping riders and they really have I think the best saddles that we have to sit in and ride in and um and then you know riding warehouse that I don't think a lot of people know a lot about but it is a huge market for the equestrian industry. You know, they have all kinds of riding gear, riding wear, um, tack for people who ride, whether it's Western or English or racehorses or whatever. They are a huge venue for us that we do a lot of work with. And I feel very fortunate that they help me out. Cool, man. Yeah, nice, nice thing. I love that. That's one thing. That's one reason why we ask about sponsors is we get that sponsor that maybe, like you just said, you know, a lot of people may not be aware of a certain sponsor. That's fantastic. It's great product. Right. That is mm-hmm. awesome. We have to look them yep. up. Yeah, could definitely look them up. That's awesome. Definitely. You know, one of the big things that we use a lot of are the Equus grooming products. And they, especially like down here in Florida, have helped. We get down here with the sand and we have a lot of trouble with horses getting bad skin. And their products that that we put out, that they put out, help us keep the horse's skin looking good down here, even with the sand and what we have to deal with. But as well as during the show season, the products that they put out really makes it so much easier to have the horses turned out beautifully, which is very important to me and to take care of the horses as far as shampoo and, and uh, medicated shampoo and things to work with. Um, They are a huge, huge part of the um, the sponsors. Awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. Super. Okay. And uh, how do our uh, listeners contact you or follow you on social media if uh, they need to reach you? (laughs) Well, I actually am not very good with social media. (laughs) I do it a little bit, (laughs) but I have a really, really good friend, Margaret McKelvey, that does my social media for me and she keeps my website up. And I do, uh, my website is Stephen S. Bradley Eventing, but we also have a Facebook page. Thanks to Margaret, have a lot going on with both of those things. Um, they, to communicate with me, you can always communicate through either of those, which will be through Margaret or through directly with my email, which is rider three day at AOL. So (laughs) yes, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, And we got to thank Margaret. Uh, She's the one who helped put this interview together for us. So she she was a guest on the show and she's, she's a wonderful, wonderful person. We're fortunate to have her in the sport and we just can't thank her enough for helping to make this connection between you and us, Steven. Yes, I, I agree. She, she is wonderful. She helps more and more of us in the, three-day eventing community and has a, a great style about her and a great intuition. And exactly. I've heard, we have heard a thing that we have gotten together and gotten Absolutely. to yeah. connect. So, so we're going to wind things down, mm-hmm. Stephen. Thank you so much. We'll see you at the horse world expo, right? Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. <laughs> <That's gonna be laughs> awesome. yeah, thank great. you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, Stephen. Thank you so much. 
Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. You can leave us a review on Apple iTunes or visit us at MajorLeakEventing.com. Cheers.